Section One of An Isle in the Water. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An Isle in the Water by Catherine Tynan Hinkson. The First Wife. The dead woman had lain six years in her grave, and the new wife had reigned five of them in her stead. Her triumph over her dead rival was well-nigh complete. She had nearly ousted her memory from her husband's heart. She had given him an heir for his name and estate, and, lest the bonny boy should fail, there was a little brother creeping on the nursery floor, and another child stirring beneath her heart. The twisted yew before the door, which was heavily buttressed because the legend ran, that when it died, the family should die out with it, had taken another lease of life and sent out one spring green shoots on boughs long barren the old servants had well nigh forgotten the pale mistress who reigned one short year and in the fishing village the lavish benefactions of the reigning lady had quite extinguished the memory of the tender voice and gentle words of the woman whose place she filled a new era of prosperity had come to the island and the race that long had ruled it under a high stately window of the ruined abbey was the dead wife's grave in the year of his bereavement before the beautiful brilliant cousin of his dead allison came and seized on his life the widower had spent days and nights of stony despair standing by her grave she had died to give him an heir to his name and her sacrifice had been vain for the boy came into the world dead and lay on her breast in the coffin now for years he had not visited the place the last wreaths of his mourning for her had been washed into earth and dust long ago and the grave was neglected the fisherwives whispered that a despairing widower is soonest comforted and in that haunted island of ghosts and omens there were those who said that they had met the dead woman gliding at night along the quay under the abbey walls with the shape of a child gathered within her shadowy arms People avoided the quay at night, therefore, and no tale of the ghost ever came to the ears of Allison's husband. His new wife held him indeed in close keeping. In the first days of his remarriage, the servants in the house had whispered that there had been ill blood over the man between the two women. So strenuously did the second wife labor to uproot any trace of the first. The cradle that had been prepared for the young heir was flung to a fisher-girl expecting her base-born baby The small garments into which Allison had sewn her tears with the stitches went the same road There were many an honest wife might have had the things But that would not have pleased the grim humor of the second wife towards the woman she had supplanted Everything that had been Allison's was destroyed or hidden away her rooms were changed out of all memory of her there was nothing nothing in the house to recall to her widower her gentleness or her face as he had last seen it snow pale and pure between the long ashen fair strands of her hair he never came upon anything that could give him a tender stab with the thoughts of her and so she was forgotten and the man was happy with his children and his beautiful passionate wife and the constant tenderness with which she surrounded every hour of his life little by little she had won over all who had cause to love the dead woman 
all human creatures that is to say a dog was more faithful and had resisted her Allison's dog was a terrier old shaggy and blear-eyed he had been young with his dead mistress and had seemed to grow old when she died he had fretted incessantly during that year of her husband's widowhood whimpering and moaning about the house like a distraught creature and following the man in a heavy melancholy when he made his pilgrimages to the grave he continued those pilgrimages after the man had forgotten but the heavy iron gate of the abbey clanged in his face and since he could not reach the grave his visits grew fewer and fewer but he had not forgotten the new mistress had put out all her fascinations to win the dog too for it seemed that while any living creature clung to the dead woman's memory her triumph was not complete but the dog amenable to everyone else was savage to her all her soft overtures were received with snarling and an uncovering of the strong white teeth that was dangerous the woman was not without a heart except for the dead and the misery of the dog moved her his restlessness his whining the channels that tears had worn under his faithful eyes she would have liked to take him up into her arms and comfort him but once when her pity moved her to attempt it the dog ran at her ravening the husband cried out has he hurt you my love and was for stringing him up but some compunction stirred in her and she saved him from the rope though she made no more attempts to conciliate him after that the dog disappeared from the warm living rooms where he had been used to stretch on the rug before the leaping wood fires it was a cold and stormy autumn with many shipwrecks and mourning in the village for drowned husbands and sons whose little fishing boats had been sucked into the boiling surges the roar of the wind and the roar of the waves made a perpetual tumult in the air and the creaking and lashing of the forest trees aided the wild confusion there were nights when the crested battalions of the waves stormed the hillsides and foamed over the abbey graves and weltered about the hearthstones of the high-perched fishing village when there was not storm there was bitter black frost the old house had attics in the gables seldom visited you went up from the inhabited portions by a corkscrew staircase steep as a ladder the servants did not like the attics they were creaking footsteps on the floors at night and sometimes the slamming of a door or the stealthy opening of a window they complained that locked doors up there flew open and bolted windows were found unbolted in storm the wind keened like a banshee and one bright snowy morning a housemaid who had business there found a slender wet footprint on the floor as of someone who had come barefoot through the snow and fled down shrieking in one of the attics stood a great hasp chest wherein the dead woman's dresses were mouldering the chest was locked and was likely to remain so for long for the new mistress had flung away the key from the high attic windows there was a glorious view of the sea and land of the red sandstone valleys where the deer were feeding of the black tossing woods of the roan bulls grazing quietly in the park and far beyond of the sea and the fishing fleet and in the distance the smoke of a passing steamer but none observed that view there was not a servant in the house who would lean from the casement without expecting the touch of a clay-cold finger on her shoulder 
any whose business brought them to the attic looked at the corners warily while they stayed but the servants did not like to go there alone they said the room smelt strangely of earth and that the air struck with an insidious chill and the gamekeeper being in full view of the attic window one night declared that from the window came a faint moving glow and that a wavering shadow moved in the room it was in this cold attic the dog took up his abode he followed a servant up there one morning and broke out into an excited whimpering when he came near the chest after a while of sniffling and rubbing against it he established himself upon it with his nose on his paws afterwards he refused to leave it finally the servants gave up the attempt to coax him back into the world and with a compunctuous pity they spread an old rug for him on the chest and fed him faithfully every day the master never inquired for him he was glad to have the brute out of his sight the mistress heard of the fancy which possessed him and said nothing she had given up thinking to win him over and so he grew quite old and grizzled and half blind as summers and winters passed by it grew a superstition with the servants to take care of him and with them on their daily visits he was so affectionate and caressing as to recall the days in which some of them remembered him when his mistress lived and he was a happy dog as good at fighting and rat hunting and weasel catching as any dog in the island but every night as twelve o'clock struck the dog came down the attic stairs he was suddenly alert and cheerful and trotted by an invisible gown some said you could hear the faint rustle of silk lapping from stair to stair and the dog would sometimes bark sharply as in his days of puppyhood and leap up to lick a hand of air the servants would shut their doors as they heard the patter of the dog's feet coming and his sudden bark they were thrilled with a superstitious awe but they were not afraid the ghost would harm them they remembered how just how gentle how pure the dead woman had been they whispered that she might well be seeing this purgatory of returning to her dispossessed house for another's sake and not her own husband and wife were nearly always in their own room when she passed she went everywhere looking to the fastenings of the house trying every door and window as she had done in the old days when her husband declared the old place was only precious because it held her presently the servants came to look on her guardianship of the house as holy for one night some careless person had left a light burning where the wind blew the curtains about and they took fire and were extinguished by whom none knew but in the morning there was the charred curtain and molly the kitchen maid confessed with tears how she had forgotten the lighted candle the husband was the last of all to hear of these strange doings for the new wife took care that they should never be about the house at midnight but one night as he lay in bed he had forgotten something and asked her to fetch it from below she looked at him with a disdain out of the mists of her black hair which she was combing to her knee perhaps for a minute she resented his unfaithfulness to the dead no she said with deliberation not till that dog and his companion pass she flung the door open and looked half with fear half with defiance at the black void outside there was a patter of the dog's feet coming down the stairs swiftly the man lifted himself on his elbow and listened side by side with the dog's feet 
came the swish swish of a silken gown on the stairs he looked a wild-eyed inquiry at his second wife she slammed the door to before she answered him it has been so for years she said everyone knew but you she has not forgotten as easily as you have one day the dog died worn out with age after that they heard the ghost no longer perhaps her purgatory of seeing the second wife in her place was completed and she was fit for paradise or her suffering had sufficed to win another's pardon from that time the new wife reigned without a rival living or dead near her throne end of section one